What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Tuesday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of The Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, I release my final one-round mock draft and provide analysis for each pick. The Fall is another production of The Chase Podcast. Covering the latest news and analysis around the National Football League. Turn the volume up. The chase is on and the chase is live. Now, let's save the Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you here. It is Tuesday, April 23rd. It is draft week, so there is a lot of buzz in the air. Nashville, Tennessee is the site for Thursday night. Round one as we go to Friday and Saturday. Of course, day three, rounds four through seven. Looking forward to it. This is every NFL fan's dream is when draft weekend is rapidly approaching And so because we are so close to round one being opened by Commissioner Roger Goodell, I wanted to put out one final mock draft for you all. This is my last wild guess at where some of these top prospects will land. Me and Arthur Motes, we released a live snake mock draft last Thursday, so we had a lot of fun doing that, talking about different prospects and their fits moving forward. But today I wanted to do a solo one, give you one last podcast that you can tune into from now until Thursday evening. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get rolling here with number one. The Arizona Cardinals are on the clock now. 
This is smokescreen week, as it has really been the last couple of weeks. You see conflicting reports from different media outlets. You got CBS Sports claiming that Arizona is not going Kyler Murray, that they're considering a trade back option. And then you got another outlet saying they're going to take Quinn and Williams. And so you're going back and forth. Are they going to trade Rosen? Well, I'm going to go ahead and stick to my guns as I have the entire pre-draft process. I have them going with Kyler Murray, number one overall, the 2018 Heisman winner. Cliff Kingsbury made it clear that, of course, this was when he was still at Texas Tech, that he would take Murray number one overall if he was an NFL head coach. Well, guess what? He is now one in the desert. He takes his quarterback in Kyler Murray. He fits his air raid offense to perfection. And if you're Steve Keim and the Arizona Cardinals, you want to make sure that you really went into one big risk by hiring Kingsbury. Might as well go all in and get him his quarterback and see how this situation plays out. And then I think they will eventually trade Josh Rosen as the draft weekend unfolds to the highest bidder, whether that be Miami, the Chargers, the Giants, Redskins, and maybe even the Patriots. Who knows? So Kyler Murray to number one. I'm going to stick to it. I'm not going to fold a couple of days out of Thursday evening. So to number two, we go the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, they're going to try to hit on another defensive player. We know that as long as they stay at number two, we can all assume that the picks either going to be Nick Bosa or Quinnen Williams, barring an unforeseen outcome. And I know there's another report that surfaced from Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, talking about how San Francisco may be trying to build a buzz about their interest in both Bosa and Williams to maybe potentially draw a trade up, or in that case, they would get some pretty significant assets depending on how far back they'd be moving into round one. However, I have them staying put, and they're going to take Nick Bosa out of Ohio State, 6'4", 266 pounds. San Francisco, yes, they've already spent some money to rectify some issues on that defensive line, but bringing in a guy like Bosa, he provides something very different than any other 49ers defensive lineman. You go ahead and give Robert Sala another devastating pass rusher who can go after the quarterback alongside D. Ford and then DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead. The list goes on and on. High motor defensive end prospect. He's NFL ready. I have a hard time believing that San Francisco would pass up Bosa and the upside that he brings to the table. Now, number three, here's where I have my first mock draft trade right here. And it's the New York Jets who it's worth noting that their GM, Mike McCagnin, has been very outspoken about trying to move back from the number three spot. Now, the word on the street is that they are very intrigued with Ed Oliver. So should they hang on to pick number three, there's a pretty good chance that they may hand in Ed Oliver's card and he may be bound for New York. But 
I have a surprise team making a big leap up into the top three to get a signal caller. Because as we all know, and I've said it many times in previous podcasts, quarterbacks dictate the outcome and pace of NFL drafts because it is the most important position. In this case, I have John Elway in the Denver Broncos making a bold move from number 10 to number 3 to select Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins. That's right, it's not Drew Locke, it's not Daniel Jones, it is Haskins. And this is something that I have a gut feeling about. I know there hasn't been a whole lot of whispers around the NFL regarding the Broncos' interest in Dwayne Haskins, but something in me believes that John Elway is very, very intrigued with Haskins, 6'3", 231 pounds. Mike Kliss reported that their visit went very well. And in fact, a little nugget of information, Haskins showed up on that visit wearing an old vintage throwback John Elway Broncos jersey when he showed up to the facilities there at Mile High. And then how about a big-time endorsement from their best player, Von Miller, who said if he was the one making the picks for the Broncos, Dwayne Haskins would certainly be his selection. Look, Joe Flacco's already come out and has said, hey, I don't think they need to draft the quarterback. I'm confident in my abilities. Well, that's just the expectation. These guys are competitors. Of course, they're going to say something like that. But when it's all said and done, Flacco is 34 years old. They need a long-term solution at the quarterback position. And this is where I believe a guy like Dwayne Haskins can come in, learn from Joe Flacco for a year, and then take over the reins with an exciting offensive group around him that includes many young receivers, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, and then, of course, Philip Lindsay coming out of the backfield, Royce Freeman. Now number four, the Oakland Raiders. And if they are sitting there at this time... Where Dwayne Haskins goes three and they're sitting on the clock with Quinn and Williams and Josh Allen on the board. There is going to be heavy debate in Oakland's war room. Now, of course, we know their scouts will not be in attendance as they sent them home over the weekend. So Mayock and Gruden will be the ones driving this train. But when I look at these two prospects, I see Oakland. They need a pass rusher. No more Khalil Mack. Look no further than Josh Allen out of Kentucky. And I know it's very, very difficult to pass up Quinnen Williams, who is arguably the best player in this year's draft class. But Allen, you gotta like his upside. 6'5", 262 pounds. He's even said that he wants to wear the black and silver. He's a first-team All-American, first-team All-SEC 17 sacks in 2018, five forced fumbles. He is the type of impact playmaker that John Gruden and the Raiders are looking for. He checks all the boxes. The Raiders go after Allen after a hard conversation between Allen and Quinn and Williams. Now number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they are ecstatic and they're stunned that Quinn and Williams is on the board at number five overall. And so they run in his car to the table and they are content moving forward with the defensive tackle rotation that now has Quinn and Williams 
along with last year's first-round pick, Vita Vea, and I think that all but seals Gerald McCoy's fate in Tampa Bay as they've been shopping him for the last several weeks, trying to see if they can get some draft compensation. They're not willing to pay him his current salary, so I think they end up releasing McCoy after the draft because a player like Williams who gets to go play in Todd Bowles and his attacking 3-4 scheme, that's very tempting. Number six, the New York Giants. There's ongoing talk about whether they're going to go quarterback at six. The more I hear David Gettleman talk and the more these other reporters are listening closely to what's going on in East Rutherford. The sense is that the Giants will go defense at number six, which is why I have them taking LSU linebacker Devin White. White in most mock drafts is off the board at number six because if he's not going to Oakland at four, he's going to Tampa at five. But in this particular mock draft, thanks to my trade, the Denver Broncos going up at three. It just bumps these top playmakers down a couple of spots so the Giants who are looking for a big time playmaker to pair with Alec Ogletree in the middle of James Betcher's defense they get him there at six they brought him in for a top 30 visit he's got the quickness the athleticism the quick twitch trigger big burst to close and shoot the gaps I think the G-men would be thrilled to land Devin White at number six. Number seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They can really go in a number of different directions. I feel like they're either going to go tight end or offensive line. But because of this year's offensive line class not having too much depth on it, you go past the first round, chances are you're going to be getting a raw prospect that may not be ready to start, especially at the offensive tackle position. TJ Hawkinson makes a lot of sense here trying to give Nick Foles a big-time target over the middle, but I think they go Jonah Williams out of Alabama, 6'4", 302 pounds. They cut Jeremy Parnell, their starting right tackle, earlier this offseason. You know they need to protect Nick Foles because without an offensive line, you cannot do anything offensively. They invest a high premium pick in Williams, who does have position flex versatility to play guard or tackle, and he can also make the transition to left tackle if they deem him a fit. Of course, Cam Robinson currently anchors that position, but Robinson and Williams, who are both Alabama Crimson Tide alma maters, they can help solidify the Jaguars' offensive line for many years to come. Now number eight, we got another trade, ladies and gentlemen, and it is Thomas Dimitrov picking up the phone and working out a deal with the Detroit Lions to acquire the number eight overall pick. And with it, they take Houston defensive tackle Ed Oliver, 6'2", 287 pounds. He fits everything Atlanta looks for when they want to look at getting a high-motor defensive lineman. And then to add to this trade... The Lions and Bob Quinn, he joined Ian Rappaport's podcast a couple weeks ago and he made it clear, hey, we're open for business. We're open to moving out of number eight. So if a team can offer him a good enough offer, they will be glad 
to move back in the first round. And this time it's the Atlanta Falcons being aggressive yet again, snagging their guy who they brought him in for many extensive visits and they're believed to be very high on Oliver and his fit in Dan Quinn's defense. Of course, you're drafting him to pair him with Grady Jarrett, who they hope to sign to a long-term extension at some point. Then you got Tech McKinley, Vic Beasley on the outside. Atlanta Falcons, they need help in that category. And Oliver, who's a freakish athlete that can play any position on the defensive line, he is certainly worth trading up for, and the Falcons get the deal done in the second trade of my mock draft. Number nine, the Buffalo Bills. They, too, could be in the market for a wide receiver or a tight end. Of course, TJ Hawkinson, DK Metcalf, who's been mocked that high. But again, looking at the depth at the offensive tackle position, it's not very good, which is why they take Florida offensive tackle J1 Taylor, 6'5", 312 pounds. The Bills, just like the Jaguars, need to protect their quarterback, Josh Allen, who is mobile and he's a bigger quarterback. He's got a large frame. But we all saw all the duress he faced last season. They cannot let that happen again. Taylor is a very well-seasoned offensive lineman coming from the SEC. They've hosted him for a top 30 visit, so you know that they are indeed interested in selecting him here in the first round. So we'll see when the time comes, but for me, I really do think Buffalo ends up going offensive line here at 9, and it's Jaywan Taylor getting the call from the Bills. Number 10, the New York Jets. This is via the Denver Broncos in the trade. Now the Jets, we know they like it all over a lot. They end up making... The trade back from 3 to 10, I still have them addressing the defensive line, taking Michigan defensive end Rashawn Gary, 6'4", 277 pounds. A lot of NFL scouts really have varied opinions about Gary and where he should be selected. Some teams are concerned about his medical history. Others really do not believe his film was that impressive at Michigan well, the Jets, who did host Gary for a top 30 visit, certainly have done their due diligence on the Michigan product. His potential really began to show back in 2017. That's when he was a first-team All-Big Ten honoree with 66 tackles, 6 sacks. And then again, he was a first-team pick as a junior, except his numbers were not as productive but I think Greg Williams there can plug him in alongside Leonard Williams and a couple of other pieces that they acquired in free agency. And I think he will thrive in New York City with the Jets and Adam Gase. Now to 11, the Cincinnati Bengals. They need a linebacker with Devin White off the board. They go with Devin Bush, another Michigan Wolverine, so back-to-back picks for the blue and yellow. The Bengals under new head coach Zach Taylor, they've really tried to fill some holes in free agency, but they need to replace Vontez Burfecht, who they cut earlier this offseason. He's now in Oakland. Devin Bush, 5'11", 234 pounds. I think he can come in. He'll fit well. With a younger Bengals defense, he had 80 stops, 9.5 tackles for loss, 5 sacks, and 6 pass breakups through 12 games. He can do it all sideline to sideline. I think in the AFC North, 
where you're having to face physical offenses with good established run games. You need a linebacker that can come in, fire through the gaps, and make plays in the backfield. Devin Bush can do just that for Cincinnati. Now number 12, here's where things get a little tricky because TJ Hawkinson's still on the board, and I'm sure Green Bay fans are clamoring for the Packers to take him and giving Aaron Rodgers another dangerous weapon over the middle of the field. But in my eyes, I know that they have done quite a bit of homework on tight ends. They hosted Jay Sternberger, the AM tight end, and so I can see them addressing that area, Jimmy Graham, we're not sure about his future in Green Bay beyond the 2019 season due to his age, his health, his injury history, and all that stuff. So I can see the case for them going with a tight end here at 12. But for me, you've got an offensive tackle that's sitting on the board that can come in and be a day one starter at either tackle or offensive guard. And it's Washington State offensive lineman Andre Dillard, 6'5". 315 pounds. Green Bay, they sure reinforced their defense in free agency by signing Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos. So I think here's where they need to go after an offensive lineman that can come in, shore up their offensive line. And of course, if you're going to invest the type of $34 million a year on Rodgers, who's an aging quarterback at 34. He's dealt with injuries the last couple of seasons. It was a collarbone and then his knee last year. So Dillard, who had a strong pre-draft process, he played exceptionally well at the Senior Bowl against top talent. He is the pick here at number 12. Number 13, we have another trade on the clock, and it is the New York Giants. They're moving up from number 17 overall. They're going to make a deal with the Miami Dolphins who are looking to move back and compile more picks as they get ready for a rebuild season in 2019. And the Giants move up to get their top quarterback in this year's draft class. Duke quarterback Daniel Jones, 6'5", 221 pounds. Charles Robinson, he tweeted over the weekend that there's one specific team that has Jones atop their draft board, and he indicated, he's like, you all know who I'm talking about, and it is indeed the Giants. Because of that David Cutcliffe connection, he has strong ties to Eli Manning. I know the Giants, some of them are hoping that they go with Haskins, but when it's all said and done, I truly believe that Daniel Jones will be a Giant by the end of Thursday evening. So they make a little jump from 17 to 13 to jump ahead of Washington, mainly who's sitting there at 15, who is a team that's very much on the table for a potential quarterback. So they secure Daniel Jones. They don't want to risk it any further. Number 14, it is now the Detroit Lions on the clock as the Falcons traded up with them to move to eight where they took Ed Oliver. So the Lions are very content because they have a tight end on the board that they have brought in for several visits they've showed strong interest in. And it's not TJ Hawkinson, it's his partner in crime, Noah Fant. I have the Lions going with him here at number 14, 6'4", 249 pounds. Fant is the better pass catching tight end of the two from the Hawkeyes football program. 
And Stafford, he's lacked that type of tight end that can stretch the field, that is athletic, dynamic, and that's exactly what Fant brings to the table. He can join an offense that has an emerging superstar in Kenny Galladay, and then he got Marvin Jones, who's coming back. He should be fully healthy for the 2019 season. Fant's upside is too hard to pass up for the Lions, so they address that position at number 14. Now we go to 15, the Washington Redskins, which stood pat in this particular mock draft. Who knows what will happen come Thursday. And while they can go in many different directions, they can go wide receiver, and there has yet to be one off the board but Drew Locke is there, and that's who they end up taking. The six foot four signal caller out of Missouri. The Redskins, I understand. You want to win now. You figure, look, Alex Smith's still on the roster. Case Keenum. However, Smith, let's remember, he's 34 years old. His future playing career is uncertain. Case Keenum, he's nothing more than a bridge quarterback to help Washington find a potential successor moving forward. And if Locke is still hanging around there at 15, you better believe they're going to pull the trigger and take him to sit him behind Case Keenum, have him learn some things in the film room from Alex Smith and the Redskins. They would certainly hope that Locke can finally solve that ongoing issue of identifying a young quarterback that can lead their franchise to new heights. Now number 16, the Carolina Panthers. They end up taking the draft's biggest slider, and it's Mississippi State defensive end Montez Sweat. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported over the weekend that four teams had taken Sweat off their draft board due to a pre-existing heart condition. Other sources from around the league say that just teams are a little bit uneasy about the whole situation, which is why they'd rather go with a player that does not have an injury history. Sweat, who has been regarded as a top 10 pick for much of the pre-draft process, now there's some thinking that he could fall into the 20s, so you never know how this works. But the Panthers, who are looking for an edge rusher because of Julius Pepper's retirement, They are actually elated to see Sweat still on the board when they are on the clock at 16, which is why I think this is a no-brainer for them. Now to 17 we go, where the Miami Dolphins are now picking as the Giants made that trade up to number 13. And here's why I have Miami taking a flyer on arguably one of the most talented players in this year's draft class. It's Mississippi State defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. Simmons suffered a torn ACL back in February and of course does come with some off the field baggage which is why he was barred from going to the scouting combine. So there are some things up against him that would make him a high risk pick especially at number 17 overall. But as I've mentioned the Dolphins they're bracing for the tank in 2019 with the hope of landing a signal caller like Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert out of Oregon next year. So this is why I think a team like them can afford to take Jeffrey Simmons who can really thrive in Brian Flores' defensive scheme. We've seen how Flores has developed players like Trey Flowers and you can really do a bevy of different things with a player as talented 
as Simmons. So I have them going with them here at 17. Number 18, the Minnesota Vikings. We know they need to address their offensive line, which is why I have them taking Oklahoma offensive lineman Cody Ford. 6'4", 329 pounds. Yes, I know. Minnesota, they've addressed the interior of their offensive line in free agency. They signed Josh Klein, but they still need help on the perimeter. And bringing on a guy like Cody Ford, who, yes, was in Minnesota for a top 30 visit, and he also met with them at the Combine. He can come in and start at either guard position, and he can also play the tackle spot as well. Now, ideally, most NFL scouts view him as an NFL offensive guard due to the lack of length he's at 6'4". His arms aren't the longest, but he is a nasty mauler up front, and with a back like Dalvin Cook, who's chomping at the bit to get rolling again, there's nobody happier than him and Kirk Cousins, who was on his back quite often last season with the addition of Cody Ford at number 18. Number 19, we have another trade, and it's the Baltimore Ravens who pick up the phone, and they make a deal with the Tennessee Titans to move up a couple of spots from 22 to 19, and you better believe that they are doing it to get a wide receiver. Now, which one? That is the cause for mystery, right? Many people would say DK Metcalf. But no, I have them taking Oklahoma wide receiver Marquise Brown, who many believe will be the first wide receiver to come off the board on Thursday. DK Metcalf, he's an enticing option for Baltimore, who they also did host him as well. But I think the Ravens, they're looking at a player like Brown, who's an explosive, dynamic wide receiver. And you take a look at what Kansas City has in Tyreek Hill, who's around that same size, and how big of a threat he is for defenses because of his speed down the field. I think they really want to grab a player like him to help benefit the development of Lamar Jackson. Because Brown, you don't have to complete big-time passes down the field to see his athleticism put on display. All it takes is a five-yard slant route. You get the ball in Brown's hands, and the rest is history. So this pick makes a lot of sense for Baltimore, which is why I have them moving up right in front of the Pittsburgh Steelers who are sitting there at 20. That could have Brown on their radar. The Ravens do not want to take any risk in losing the player they want to a divisional foe, which is why I have them making a leap from 22 to 19 with the Tennessee Titans. Now number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock now that Marquise Brown is off the board and no longer available. Now granted, I'm not exactly sure if Pittsburgh is even interested in him right, but they do need to address the secondary and I think the best corner in the draft, he's still on the board. It is Georgia corner DeAndre Baker, 5'11", 183 pounds. I'm not exactly sure why many people have him ranked so low in the position rankings. You're seeing other corners such as Rocky Sin out of Temple rated higher than him. Byron Murphy, who doesn't have nearly as strong as a resume as Baker does. This guy's done it in the best conference in college football. All SEC picks, started 13 games, two interceptions, a team-high 10 pass breakups. I know the Steelers, they signed Steven Nelson in free agency. They still have Joe Hayden, but they do need help there. And I feel like a player like Baker that can 
probably start at nickel his rookie year and then work his way out to the outside. He's physical. He fits Pittsburgh's style of football. I think this is a perfect match here at number 20 should Pittsburgh choose to address their secondary needs here in round one. Number 21, the Seattle Seahawks, who do hold this pick. I have yet another trade, and I know it's hard to see it play out with the Seahawks trading with a divisional rival such as the Los Angeles Rams, but in this mock trade, that's exactly what goes down. The Rams make the jump from 31 to 21, so it's a pretty big leap, and they have their eyes on a defensive tackle out of Clemson, not Christian Wilkins, but it's his other counterpart, Dexter Lawrence, 6'4", 342 pounds. If you watch him play on film, he just wreaks havoc on his own. And you're the Rams and you're Wade Phillips. You want to bring a heavier set defensive tackle that can come in and help alleviate some pressure for Aaron Donald. There's no more Ndamukong Sue as it looks like. Their paths have crossed once and for all. I don't think they're going to be bringing him back. So they get his replacement in Lawrence, who had 44 tackles, 7.5 tackles for loss, 1.5 sacks, and 3 pass breakups. He knows how to stuff the stat sheet. The Rams make a move up. They give Seattle a couple more picks in the second and third rounds, and they go up and snag Lawrence with the 21st overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. 22 we go, and it is now the Tennessee Titans on the clock. This is via Baltimore. I have them going after an edge rusher. Florida State defensive end, Brian Burns. The Titans have been hunting for another pass rusher to pair with second-year outside linebacker Harold Landry. And yes, they inked Cam Wake to a three-year deal. They paid him handsomely, but you can never have enough pass rushers. And playing behind Cameron Wake will give Burns some time to develop, maybe add some more weight to his frame as he's just under 250. And despite Florida State's struggles in 2018, it was Burns that stood out with 15.5 tackles for loss and 10 sacks among his 52 overall tackles. He can do it. He's got a quick burst, quick first step. I think he fits the bill of what Tennessee is looking for in a pass rusher. 23 of the Houston Texans. I have them going offensive line all the way right here. And they're going with a big mammoth offensive tackle out of Washington Caleb McGarry, 6'7", 317 pounds. The Texans, they signed Matt Khalil to a one-year deal. And they flirted with Jordan Mills, the free agent who played for the Bills the last couple of seasons. They still need to improve their underwhelming offensive line. They didn't really do much in free agency. I know Khalil, but he's one of those low-risk, high-reward type of signings. I wouldn't envision them having a long-term commitment to him. So this is where a guy like McGarry, who's very well-rounded, can come in and be the starting right tackle from day one for the Houston Texans. 24, the Oakland Raiders are on the clock via the Chicago Bears. This is the pick they got in the Khalil Mack deal. And there's a big-time surprise on the board when they pick, and it's Iowa tight end TJ Hawkinson. Now, I understand there's going to be a couple of you who are going to be questioning this, like how in the heck is Hawkinson still available at 24? A lot of people think he'll go in the top 10. Others think he's a top 15 lock. 
But in this particular draft, I have him sliding down the board. And, of course, I had Noah Fant going to Detroit earlier. So Hawkinson right here at 24, Oakland. They are having themselves a night because at 4, they get Josh Allen. And then they address the tight end position. They lost Jared Cook in free agency. And they get arguably the best tight end in this year's draft class. All the way at number 24 overall. Now to 25 we go, and I have another trade. The Eagles, who currently hold this pick, they make a trade with the New England Patriots, who have an NFL-high 12 draft picks this year, and the Patriots move up from 32 to get the other Clemson defensive tackle, Christian Wilkins, 6'3", 315 pounds. They lost Malcolm Brown in free agency. They've yet to re-sign Danny Shelton. There is a need in the interior of that defensive line. Christian Wilkins, he's a gap eater, space eater. He can make plays in the backfield. He is a Bill Belichick type of player. No nonsense. He's not a player that's going to go and bring shenanigans to the table. He's a class first player, which is why he's a match made in heaven to go to the New England Patriots. And New England makes this deal to jump out ahead of Indianapolis, who's sitting there at 26, who has been linked to Christian Wilkins in previous mock drafts, and they do have a need in the interior of their defensive line as well. So New England, they don't want to wait. So they make that jump, and they land Christian Wilkins. Now 26, the Indianapolis Colts, this is where things get a little bit interesting because... We know they like Josh Jacobs a lot, the running back out of Alabama. They hosted him for a visit. But in my eyes, you have Marlon Mack, who just had a fantastic season. And then you also have Naheem Hines, who they took in the fourth round out of NC State last year. And I see another defensive end that's on the board that could be gone in the top 15 come Thursday evening. And it's another Clemson product. Defensive end, Claylin Farrell, 6'4", 264 pounds. Matt Eberflus and that defense, they're looking for another edge rusher to come in, compliment Justin Houston. I know they re-signed Marcus Hunt. They like Darius Leonard, their linebacker. They like to bring him up alongside in some packages to get after the passer. But in today's NFL, with all the passing that is done, you need a heavy amount of edge rushers, and Claylin Farrell at number 26 overall. That's tremendous value for Indianapolis, which is why I'd have a hard time thinking they'd pass up a player who's done it for the last couple of years in the ACC in 2018 alone, 11 and a half sacks, and of course he dominated in the college football playoffs. 27, the Oakland Raiders, they are on the board again, and I think they're going to address the offensive line, they traded Kalichi Osmaley to the Jets. They need to fill the void at that guard position, which is why I have them going with Boston College offensive guard Chris Lindstrom, 6'4", 308 pounds. He has been a rapid riser up draft boards, and there's been murmurs about him sneaking into round one. The Raiders, they have flirted with him throughout the pre-draft process. I think he's got exceptional upside and potential to be a Pro Bowl offensive lineman at the next level. You watch his film. He's a road grader. He's nasty. He fits 
what the Raiders are looking for to get this run game moving in the right direction. Now to 28 we go. The Los Angeles Chargers are now on the clock. They could go defensive tackle, but with the board being wiped out there, you can look at offensive tackle. There's Titus Howard out of Alabama State. However, there is a safety that I believe is the best one in this year's class sitting there and the possibility of him teaming up with Derwin James for many years to come. That is awfully tempting. So I have the Chargers going big and taking Mississippi State safety Jonathan Abram. Can you imagine that tandem of him and Derwin James running the AFC West for several years to come and I really feel like them two can create some damage moving forward. I know they re-signed Adrian Phillips in free agency, but that's a one-year deal. I think it's far-fetched to believe that Phillips will return in 2020. So Jonathan Abram, this is a position they can address now, and it just makes that defense even more dynamic and scary under current defensive coordinator Gus Bradley 29, the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them addressing the secondary as well. They go with Washington cornerback Byron Murphy, 5'11", 190. The Chiefs, they do like Abram, and I had Abram going to Kansas City a couple of mock drafts ago, but with him off the board, I have them going with a good young corner who produced as a redshirt sophomore. He earned first-team All-American accolades, started 13 games, led the Huskies with four interceptions and 13 pass breakups. I think he will fit well in Steve Spagnuolo's defense. And, of course, this is if Kansas City does hold on to this pick because they are rumored to be in talks with the Seahawks regarding a trade for Frank Clark. But until that happens, I see them going with a player like Murphy, who they also had in for a top 30 visit. 30, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this is where I have them grabbing a safety. And it's Maryland's Darnell Savage Jr. He is another quick riser that Ian Rappaport mentioned on Monday that he's starting to generate first round buzz. He was initially regarded as a day two pick. And we know Green Bay, they need a three safety to pair with Adrian Amos, who they signed from the Chicago Bears in free agency. Savage, what makes him so appealing to NFL teams is his ability to cover sideline to sideline in a single high safety look. He can play in the slot as a nickel corner. He can add to the pass rush as an extra blitzer. He can do it all. And according to Pro Football Focus, Savage has not allowed a touchdown as the primary coverage defender in two years. And he did clock in a 4-3, 40-yard dash time at the Combine. So he is a rare athlete. I think Green Bay, they hunker down and select him at number 30 before other teams can make a play on him in the second round. Now 31, the Seahawks are now on the clock. They made the trade with the Rams, and I have them getting a big-time target for Russell Wilson. They made him the highest-paid player in the NFL. Now they go and get him Arizona statewide receiver Nikhil Harry, 6'2", 228 pounds. They only have four picks currently. Now that could change. They could acquire more with the Frank Clark trade or any other trade-down scenario. But this is where I feel is excellent value for a player like Carrion. Also, Arizona, 
They're divisional rivals. They're at 33 with the first pick in round two. They know they love Nikhil Harry, right? They had a private workout with them. So this is the time that they need to take him if they do indeed want to add another big time receiver and give Russell Wilson a clear number one target with Doug Baldwin's future in question due to all the surgeries he's undergone this offseason alone. And to close out round number one, it's the Philadelphia Eagles is the trade with the New England Patriots. Pat's got Christian Wilkins, Philly moves back. And here's where I have them taking Alabama running back Josh Jacobs, who they've been very high on all pre-draft process. They've hosted him for multiple visits. And I know Eagles fans, they keep on questioning. We don't need a running back. You look at their depth chart. They acquired Jordan Howard. Where they have Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams, Corey Clement. And then that's even without putting in Darren Sproles into the mix, who could return for another year. But here's my counterpoint, and here's why the Eagles are indeed considering Josh Jacobs here in the first round, because Jordan Howard and Wendell Smallwood, they're in contract years, so they'll become unrestricted free agents. Josh Adams, who's a very good back, he isn't quite the complete well-rounded pass catcher that the Eagles look for. And then Corey Clement, he'll be a restricted free agent after the 2019 season. I think they gave him a look as their number one bell cow. And while he did impress at times, you just cannot pass up a player like Jacobs, who is a powerful runner, 5'10", 220 pounds, physical. He can tote the rock. He can catch out of the backfield. This is why I believe Philadelphia takes him at number 32 overall to end the first round. So there you have it. There's my final mock draft ahead of Thursday night's first round. I hope you enjoyed my analysis for each pick. I love to hear your thoughts on who you have going where and what not. It's an exciting time to be an NFL fan. And also check out my Patreon account. Link is in bio. If you want to help support this podcast and keep things going, there is a structure of different things and amount of money that you can pledge to me per month to help me in my work moving forward. I'd greatly appreciate any support that you can offer me. Let's enjoy the rest of this week. I'll be back with some more player interviews, but until then, take care and God bless. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.